Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So y'all ready this morning to get after this? All right, let's go. Hey, um, so the last few weeks, we've been in our Can You Hear Me Now series. In this series, we've been learning um, how to hear and understand God's voice. And so our key scripture has been found in John 10, 27, and it's this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So we've been learning how to recognize and how to hear the voice of God. And I just want to give you a quick um, recap and some points that we've learned over the last couple weeks. So Pastor Mark taught us in week one that God is in constant communication with us, that God is in constant communication with us. But he asked us this, are we listening? Are we listening? And then he taught us that God spoke to the prophet Elijah through a gentle whisper. And that we've allowed our busy life and distractions to drown out the voice of God. But knowing God's word amplifies our sensitivity to his whisper. Week two was this, where we learned about hearing God through his word. We learned what God says about fear, our identity, anger, and our salvation. And last week, Pastor Josh brought us an encouraging message when we asked the question to God, God, what do I do? Our perspective has to align with him and his purpose. It's hard to hear from God when we don't have a relationship with him. And that in doubt or assurance, in the valley or on the mountain, we have to continually keep asking, seeking, and knocking. So today I'm going to close out this series. I'm going to be discussing some of the ways that God speaks to our children and how we can help our children learn to hear the voice of God. And some of you may not have kids yet. Some of you may not plan on having kids at all. Some of you may already have kids that are already grown and moved out. But listen to me. Don't check out on this message, okay? Don't check out on this message if that's you today. Because I believe that you can still take what we learned today and we can apply it to our own lives and help minister into the lives of others. Amen? All right. So you guys ready to get into it? All right. If you brought your Bible, you can follow along with me this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I just thank you so much for that. You just choose us, God. Even, even in our doubt, even in our distraction, even in our just imperfect, menial lives, God, you still choose to use us. And I just pray right now, God, that you just use me to be able to deliver your word, that you open the hearts and the minds and the souls of every single person that's in this place today. We love you and we praise you. Amen. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 10, I believe it's going to be on the screen for you. I'm up here. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli. Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel had not yet known the Lord. It says he did not yet know the Lord. The word of God had not yet been revealed to him. 
So a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The Lord came and stood there calling at other times. I'm sorry, I messed up. I messed that up. So Samuel told him, go speak and say, servant, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay back down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling at other times, just like he had before. He called him again, Samuel, Samuel. But this time, listen to what Samuel says. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So a little background about this story, and I should have done this before I read the scripture, but so there's a little background about this. So there's a man named Elkanah, and he has two wives, and his first wife has multiple sons and multiple daughters, but his second wife is named Hannah, and Hannah's not able to have children. The word actually says that the God has closed her womb. So this other wife torments Hannah. She teases her. Every single day, she's just continuing to pick at her and pick at her. So she torments her this whole time about her not being able to have kids. So Elkanah, he loves Hannah, right? He loves her way more than his first wife. So every time he would go to the temple, he would make sacrifices and he would make offerings to God. And every time he did that, he would give Hannah a double portion of the sacrifices and of the blessings. So Hannah is with him at the temple and she goes and she's crying out before God. She's crying out to God saying, God, if you just bless your servant with a son, I'll give him back to you. If you bless me with a son, I will dedicate him to you. So Eli is the priest of the temple. So she, Eli actually sees Hannah sitting there crying out to God. And he actually sees her, her mouth moving and no words coming out. And he goes up and he actually accuses her of being drunk. And he says, woman, stop drinking wine. She says, I'm not drinking wine, but I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate. I'm here at the temple on my knees, falling down before God, crying out, pleading to God for him to bless me with a child. And if he does, I will dedicate him back to the Lord. So Eli blesses Hannah. He listens to her, her cry. He accepts her vow. He sends her off on her way. Hannah then goes and she has a son. She then goes and she conceives a son and she names him Samuel, which actually means heard by God. How many, how many church know that God hears us when we cry out, amen? So she takes him after, after Samuel's weaned and he's old enough. She takes him and she presents him to Eli at the temple. And she gives him to Eli and says, here he is. God bless me with my, my vow. Now I'm keeping my vow and I'm dedicating him to the Lord. So we have Eli, who is the priest, and he's ministering to Samuel at the church when all this is taking place. So then we see that Samuel didn't know the voice of the Lord. And Eli taught him to know his voice. So how many believes that God has the ability to speak to anybody that he chooses? To anybody that he chooses. You see, God spoke to Samuel when he was a child. God spoke to Samuel when he was just a little boy. And there's, there's other passages in Scripture that would show us that God doesn't just choose the older, that he has the ability to choose the young. He chose King David and anointed King David to be king before he was even old enough to go to war. Josiah, who was in the lineage of King David, was crowned to be king at the age of eight. But here's the deal. Samuel had to be taught that it was God who was speaking to him. And he had, had to be taught how to respond when God called. He learned as a child how to listen and recognize the voice of God. And they had to do the exact same thing for David. 
and the exact same thing for Josiah. But here's the deal. God didn't disregard, overlook, or pass them by because of their age. They didn't get disregarded because they were children. Jesus tells us in Matthew 19, 14, to let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So church, I want to ask you this this morning. How do we teach our children to know when God is speaking to them? And how can we help them learn to hear his voice? Because I want to tell you what I believe. This is what I believe, that our most important role as parents and as leaders and as followers of Christ in this church, that our most important role is to teach them to have a love for Christ. That's our most important role. And to know Him and to obey Him and to understand who they are in Him. It's not to train them up to be a professional athlete. Our most important role isn't to train them up to be the greatest beauty pageant winner ever. To become a famous actor or a famous actress. Or to become the most successful doctor or surgeon. Our most important role as a follower of Christ is to teach our children to have a love for Jesus. I'm glad three of us agree. What's most important is that they develop a relationship with Him. To learn to listen to Him and follow God's leading in their lives. So as a parent, as a leader, how do we do that? What's that look like? How do we help them? Because sometimes parenting can be hard, right? Sometimes parenting can be hard. You ever try to potty train a three-month-old? Yeah, I said three-month-old. Because dang it, I'm tired of changing dirty diapers. I'm sick of it. He's going to learn right now at three months old how to do it. That's right. All the dads said amen. Come on. You guys know what I'm talking about. Man, sometimes parenting can be hard. It can be hard when we're trying to teach them things, especially beliefs, right? And I remember, so like, especially when they're young, I remember Mandy telling this story, and she tells it better than I do, but so Hayden, um, we, were at, we were leaving church. Hayden was probably three, four years old. So we're leaving church. Mandy's going to go take Hayden, um, and they're going to go to Walmart. I'm taking Macy, and I'm going home because Walmart's the devil, with, especially with two kids. Come on, you can say it. It's the devil. So Macy and I leave out. Mandy and I, or I'm um, sorry, Macy and I go home. Mandy and Hayden go to Walmart. And as they're going to Walmart, Mandy's like, so Hayden, what'd you learn in children's church today? Three or four, mind you. Oh God, we learned that. Or mom, we learned that God is everywhere. He's in everything. Yeah, that's right, son. He is in everywhere and he is in everything. But trying to explain this to a three or four-year-old, he's not quite grasping the concept, right? But mom, I don't see him. What do you mean he's everywhere? I don't see him. Where is he? I don't hear him. Where is he? Jesus, where is he? So Manny's trying to have this long, drawn-out conversation with this three- or four-year-old kid, you know, like all parents do, like how we debate with three- and four-year-olds, right? Trying to explain to them in terms that they can understand that Jesus is everywhere. So she's like, Hayden, he is everywhere. He's all around us. He's in the sky, and he's in the birds, and he's in the air, and he lives inside our hearts. I know, Mom, but I can't see him. Where is he? I can't hear him. Where is he? Sometimes it can be hard. So she gets him out of the car seat, and she's putting him in the shopping cart, and she's pushing him into Walmart, right? And Hayden, this is no joke, Jesus! Jesus, where are you? Jesus, I can't see you. Where are you, Jesus? Top of his lungs, screaming. She's pushing him into Walmart, right? But hey, it's Walmart, so that's normal. <laughs> People just walking by, not even paying attention. Oh, yeah, that's normal. That's normal, right? 
Y'all laugh, but you know what? There's some of us even in here right now as adults that do the exact same thing. Jesus, where are you? Screaming out to Jesus. We're asking him where he's at. Listen, we as parents and members of this church have an extremely important role. We have an extremely important role and a calling on our lives to lead our children to Jesus. To be an example they can follow, to teach them about the Bible and prayer, to surround them and encourage them, and to help them know and listen to His voice. If you're with me, say amen. It's an extremely important role that we have, myself and Mandy included. Okay, we don't have it all figured out. We are blessed with absolutely amazing kids, the best kids I could have ever asked for. But listen, we definitely aren't perfect and neither are they. Okay, we always haven't done it the right way and neither have they. And I've been asked, how many times, how did you raise such good kids? How did you do this? And I just laugh because I know, I know what really happened. They know what really happened and how it all went down. And it looks good on the outside, but I'm going to tell you this right now. It's not easy and it's not perfect. But if we apply ourselves and we try and we leave it in God's hands, he takes care of the rest. So this message isn't just for the ones that are parents. It's not just for the ones that have small children, okay? This message is for every single one of us, myself included. It's for all of us. And I want to share some practical ways that all of us can help our children learn to hear and recognize and follow the voice of God. So y'all with me? You ready to go? Point number one, as a parent or as a follower of Christ, the most important responsibility we have is to introduce them and lead them to Jesus, not to force them. Not to force them, but to make him known to them. Not only so they just know about who he is, but that they desire him as the Lord and Savior of their lives. So that they know who he is and that they want and they desire to want a relationship with him. Not just to know about him. Because developing a relationship with Christ has to come before seeking to hear his voice. Does that make sense? The relationship has to come before the hearing. They have to know who he is and understand who they are in him. This is an absolute necessity when it comes to hearing from God. When they accept Christ and the Holy Spirit lives within them, they can then communicate with God as his children. It's through the Spirit living in them that allows them the ability to hear. I think we learned this last week with Pastor Josh. He said a relationship is based on trust. It's based on trust. And when you trust someone and you know them intimately and you know and you recognize their voice, you're going to listen to them when they speak, right? John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Church, how are we leading our children? How are we leading our children? Point number two, live it. Live it out. We, you, we are the example that our children will learn from, especially at an early age. We can't teach what we don't know. We can't lead where we haven't been, and we can't give what we don't have. It goes beyond the old cliche of just do as I say, not as I do. Children are a reflection of their parents. They're sponges. They soak up everything. Everything. Our youth pastor, Duel, his little girl, Karis, she acts and she talks just like her daddy. 
she acts, she says the exact same phrases that her daddy says. Does she not? Dude, they're sponges. Jeremy Day knows my dad. And he was talking to my dad a couple weeks ago whenever, whenever, I was, whenever I preached the last time. And Jeremy comes up to me after service. He's like, dude, you speak and you act and you say the exact same things as your old man. Listen, they mimic who they're around. I say those things because I was around my dad. Kara says those things because she's around her daddy. They mimic and act exactly who they're around, good or bad. Good or bad. So how do we live it? What are they seeing us do? Does it match what we are saying? And what model are we setting for them? My dad always had this saying growing up, and I never really fully understood it, and he used to drive me crazy because he would say it all the time. And you know when people tell you stuff and you don't understand it, you just blow it off, right? So my dad always had this saying, and he would say, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. What you do in moderation, your children are going to do in excess. Dude, I love to hunt and fish. It's a passion of my life. And if I do it moderately, there's a really good chance that my son is going to do it excessively. If I'm lazy in moderation, there's a really good chance that my children are going to be excessively lazy. And now, just like my dad, I say the same thing all the time. If we're praying in moderation, if we're praying to our Father, pray that our children are going to pray excessively to Him. If our children are seeing us read the Bible in moderation, my prayer is that they, they, they take a hold of that and they excessively read the Word of God themselves. We must lead by example the direction that we desire our kids to go. We can't, we can't expect them to do something that we're not doing ourselves, church. James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You're only fooling yourselves. Listen, children are the best lie detectors. The best lie detectors. Y'all know it's hard to fool a child, right? I can sit up here and lie to you all day long, but I can't lie to a kid. They can see right through you. They watch, they examine, and they mimic every single thing that we do. I can't hide anything from my kids. I never have been able to. But if we desire to teach them to hear the voice of God, then we have to be seeking to hear His voice ourselves. Live out the way that you desire them to live. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not depart from it. Another translation says, train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Ephesians 6, 4 says that we are to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, these are challenging verses, right? They're challenging us as parents, as leaders, to lead our children, to guide them in the correct way that they should go, so that their heart, their mind, their body are conformed to the image of Christ so that they, they desire to be like him and to live out the godly nature that's within them. That's how, we, that's how we perceive them challenging to us. But they can be challenging in a different way to those parents who have raised their children, who have raised their children in the ways of the Lord and still watch them stray from the faith. And if that's you this morning, can I just tell you this? You didn't fail. You didn't fail. If you raise your child up in the way that they should go and train them up in the ways of the Lord and they're walking astray, stop blaming yourself. You didn't fail. Because God gives each and every single one of us the free will to make our own choices. 
Every single one of us is given the right to make a free choice. And even when we do it right, even when we walk the line and we do every single thing possible that we can do, they can still make the wrong decisions. But I believe this. Listen to me, church, right now. I believe this with my whole heart. And if you don't get anything else out of this message today, I want, you to, I want you to get this. I believe that it's better to have led them and trained them in the way they should go and for them to know about grace, to know about forgiveness and God's love for them, to know His voice and to be able to listen and recognize when He's calling them back to Him, then it is to not have trained them at all. Then it is not to have trained them at all so that they never know about God's love, that they never know about forgiveness, that they never know about grace stay forever lost. When they have been brought up and trained in the way they should go and learn to recognize God's voice, they will have the ability to hear him when he speaks to them. I believe that. Now I can preach a whole series on ways that we're supposed to live it and how we're supposed to live our lives, but I'm just going to challenge you today with three basic, simple principles that I want you to start implementing today on bringing them up and training them in the way they should go. Y'all with me? Y'all want them? Come on, speak life. Speak life. Speak life into your children. Speak life over your children. There is power in the tongue to build them up or tear them down. Encourage them. Encourage your children. Second one is engage in their life. Be involved. Include them. Make personal, intimate time with them and for them. Invest in them. Know who their friends are. Know what they're listening to. Know what they're watching on TV. Correct them. And all the dads said amen. Mom, correct them. Listen, discipline them when wrong choices or actions are made. Discipline your child. Do it out of love, not anger. Discipline them out of love and not anger. Because you're showing them correction. You're showing them the way they should go. Because you love them and you want to protect them. And God commanded us to do it. You still with me? So number one, lead them. Number two was live it. Number three is teach them. Teach them that God speaks through his word. Just like we've learned the past couple weeks that God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to his, our children the exact same way through his word. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to our children through the same word. And it's absolute that we teach our children how valuable the word of God is. To believe that what it says is the truth. The truth about who he is and the truth about who they are in him. Not social media. Not the television. Not the internet. Not the opinions of others. But his truth. So many things have the ability to try to speak into our children's lives. And we must affirm that it's His Word, that His Word is the only truth that they listen to. We have to be dedicated to reading our Bibles and lead by example to ensure our children know the importance of spending time with Him. They must know that the Bible is God's written voice. It's how He communicates with us. It's how he directs us. It's how he speaks to us. It's how he talks to us. And it's the exact same way for our children. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says this, You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. 
When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them on your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We have to read the Bible with them. We have to read the Bible to them. Discuss it with them everywhere we go and in everything we do. Growing a desire in them to want to read. Building a desire in us to want to keep reading. To make them understand that's how God speaks to us. It's how he answers us. It's how he directs us. It's how he teaches us. Making sure that they have a version or a translation that they're able to understand. That's not going to hinder them or confuse them or confuse you or hinder you. I told you earlier that we weren't the perfect parents. I mean, we always didn't do it the right way. And in our early years, we never read the Bible intentionally to Macy, my daughter. We never made time to intentionally read to her. But honestly, we weren't even reading it ourselves. Like I said, we didn't do it perfect. But you know, as we begin to grow in our faith, as Christ became the center point, the focal point of our lives, and I'm not telling you this to glorify myself, I'm telling you this because I get asked all the time, man, you got great kids. Yeah, I do. But here's the deal. I prayed for my kids every single day. I made an investment in my kids' lives. In the early years, I didn't. But once I started building my relationship with Jesus, I started earning this, having this desire within me. I started realizing how important it was, how I wanted to raise them, how I wanted them to be reading the word to him. So we began to read the word to Hayden. He was a little kid, and Mandy would read the children's Bible to him like every night before he goes to bed. And so just this little children's book, this little children's Bible, we started early in our faith. We started young. You know, we didn't come out there and start reading Chronicles to Hayden at that early age, right? I think that's a lot of times a lot of us Christians, that's what we do. I need to read the Bible, so we flip it over here, and then we read Deuteronomy, or we read Chronicles, or we read something that's really distracting and hard for us to read, and we put it away. I didn't start my child like that. We start with David and Goliath every single night for years. Read the giant story. Read the giant story. Kind of like Winnie the Pooh watching it 1,400 times, right? But he would desire that giant story and to the point of where he had it memorized. He had it memorized, the whole story. And as we were reading that to him, Macy's able to comprehend. And Macy's able to get some of that. And I just want to say this. We did that. In a, tra- in a transition in our lives, she was older then. And Macy was like smart, you know, I mean, she's like a smart seven-year-old. Seven it's like, man, you're, she's over here reading, you know, dysenteries and all these, I mean, all these, whatever you want to call them. I'm not dis- I don't even know what they are. Dis- dissertations. I don't know how to speak. Whatever they're called. I told you, I ain't smart. I don't claim to be smart. So she's over here reading these things at seven years old, you know, so we kind of left her on her own to do that. But I want to say, <laughs> hey, cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> He's never allowed to speak again. <laughs> come on. <laughs> mm. Hey, come on, man. It's real. We all say stupid stuff. I don't have it figured out either. I'm learning too. But you know what? We would read to Hayden as a child, and she would still get, be able to receive some of that. She's still, she's seeing the importance of what it was in our lives now. And we were learning, in, we were learning the exact same stories that she was learning that we were reading to Hayden. And I say that because this is what I believe. And even though she was older, she's still able to receive truth. She was still able to value the importance of God's word in her life, even as she was older, even in a child's little story. But I'm going to tell you this, parents, it's never too late for you to start. It's never too late for you to start. As a child or as an adult, it's never too late. Start now. 
We have to make God's word a priority in our lives. There's a statistic that over 50% of Christians have never even opened their Bible. We have to make that a priority in our own lives to teach them that it becomes a priority in their lives. If we want to see change, if we want to teach them how to hear the voice of God, we have to be able to hear the voice of God ourselves. And he speaks to us through his word. It has to become a priority in our lives. It's an absolute necessity. And I pray all of you right now, and I challenge all of you to make the Bible the foundational part of your home. To make it the foundation that your home is built upon and instill that value inside your kids. Church, we're leading the next generation. We're leading the next generation that are going to be up here. Worship leaders, pastors, youth pastors, people that are going to be sitting in these seats. And it's up to us to teach them the way. Our children know our voice because we are in a very important part of their life. I don't have to say, hey, Hayden, it's dad. Hey, Macy, this is your dad, Ryan. They know my voice. I can say, hey, and they know that it's dad because I'm an important part of their life. I surround myself with them. We spend time together. I teach them. We, we comfort them. As parents, as leaders in the church, we love on our children. We do all these things. So we're going to be an important part of their life. They're going to know our voice. And the Father does the exact same thing with us when we're in his word. We learn how to hear his voice. Then we're able to teach our children about who he is and what he's done for us. I asked Macy, my 18-year-old daughter, two questions, and I just want to read you her responses. The first thing I asked her, I said, how was reading the Bible made an impact in your life as a kid and now as an adult? And what advice would you give parents on the importance of reading the Bible with their kids? And this is what she said. She says, as a kid, I can remember learning and hearing God's word from going to Sunday school and VBS because we weren't doing it initially in our house. She was getting that information in other places. Praise Jesus for that, though, right? Praise Jesus for the church and for VBS and for wise counsel and all these other things. Learning who God was and why we follow Him was something I had heard in church, but until my parents began diving more into their faith, I didn't completely understand. Watching them read and pray together and with us showed me how powerful God is, and actually seeing a transformation in them made me understand the way God's Word can move people. Now as an adult, I know that understanding comes from reading and from hearing God's word and God's voice. And I would advise parents to encourage their kids, let them know that it's okay to ask questions when they don't understand something. She would come to me and ask me questions like, God, I don't understand this. And I would, I would try to encourage her, sis, keep reading. Nobody understands every single thing in the Bible. And I would, would encourage her with different translations and different ways to keep seeking, keep asking. And she says, I would also encourage parents to read a version of the Bible that their kids can understand. Some basic principles over this um, teaching them. Start now. Listen, start now. It's never too late for you or them. There's no age limit. There's no restriction on the Word of God, okay? Start now. It's not too late. Second thing is make it practical. Find a translation they understand. Find a translation you understand. Start with some easy known stories. Start with a giant story. Start teaching your kids these things. Make it exciting for them. Jonah and the whale. Everybody loves getting eaten by a whale, man. Come on. They're going to be engaged in that. Make it practical. Commit to it. Commit to it daily. Do family devotionals every single day. Make reading the word with them and to them the most important part and intentional part of your day. Continually filling you and them both up. So we got lead them, live it, teach them. Number four, 
advise them. Advise them. We have to stress to our children the importance of knowing the voices that they're going to have to listen to. That's going to guide them in the correct decisions that they're going to have to make. Which voices are they listening to? we got to advise them to seek wise counsel, biblical counsel when it comes to making decisions on what's going to influence them. Because voices influence all of us. Voices influence all of us. Any voice that we choose to listen to has the ability to impact and influence every single decision we make and are going to make for the rest of our lives as adults and as children. We have to discern which voices that we allow to speak truth into us. And then we have to teach our children which voices that they're going to accept, which voices to accept. First and foremost, that should be God and what His Word says. But there's always going to be people in our lives that we're going to allow it to speak into us. So who are our children going to for advice? What voices are they choosing to listen to? Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Associate with fools and you'll get in trouble. Who are they choosing to hang out with? What are they watching? Who are their role models? What are they listening to? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts what? Good character. Bad company corrupts good character. We're going to act like who we're around. We're going to believe what they believe. We have to know who is advising them and who and what they're allowing to speak into them. So what's this wise counsel look like? It can be in a variety of different voices. Wise counsel. It can be pastors. It definitely should be the Bible. Pastors, youth pastors, teachers, family members, counselors. The key is, as adults and as kids, if we are going to make wise decisions, listen to this, we're going to have to seek wise counsel. If we want to be wise, we've got to walk with the wise. You want to be a great, you walk with great people. So here are some basic practices. Get involved. All these take action. You see that? Every single one of these things I'm giving you takes action. Get involved. Be engaged. Live it. Get involved. Find out who their friends are. Find out what music they listen to. Find out where they hang out. Find out what they're doing on social media. Find out who they're chapsnatting. Come on, right? I got to keep you all with me somehow. I'll just say dumb things up here and you all laugh. It makes me feel good. Find those things out, though, you know? It's not an invasion of their privacy, church. You're protecting your children. They're fighting for voices every single day. Voices are trying to fight to speak into the lives of your children. Come on. Second thing is ask your kids. Ask them. It's not weird. Hey, who do you hang out with? What do they like? What's their morals? What's their values? Where do they go to church? Ask them who the role models are. Ask them who they would go to if they had to make a decision and they had a concern. Who would you go to for wise counsel? Who's somebody in your life that you would go to for wise counsel? Ask them those things. Encourage them. Sometimes they're going to have questions and they're going to need advice and they're not going to feel comfortable coming to mom and dad. Encourage them. Look, man, go see the kids pastor. Go see the youth pastor. Go to the counselor, go to the family member, go to a teacher, go to a friend that's going to give them wise, biblical advice, not just an opinion. 
I asked Mark Sr. and Jackie a couple of questions on the importance of surrounding themselves and surrounding people surrounding their kids and how important it was in their life and the impact that it has. And I want to read you what Jackie wrote. She texted this, and man, it's, it's, just, it's so powerful. And I want you to listen to this. She says, sometimes you have to do radical things for God. Sometimes you have to get radical for the things of God, and you have to do radical things, like move, remove your kids from an environment that can mean moving across the country. Last week, we listened to the word about finding wisdom through listening and being in prayer. When God speaks in a whisper, we need to be able to hear that still, small voice and really trust him. I felt led to make a radical move for our family to get our children out of an unchanging, highly toxic environment by praying and seeking God. For two years, boxes were packed, and I kept waiting for God to say where and when. When he finally spoke with my husband's approval, we moved across the country to the Bible Belt, where three of my four children were enrolled at Evangel University and set the course for a new heritage and a new generation. It was a total all-in rad move without knowing everything. But when it comes to the eternal souls of your kids and you think that what we do here matters for eternity, you get aggressive for the, th- you get aggressive for the things of God, especially when it comes to your kids. God knows the plans. We just have to move on it. One of the fruits of that move is our pastor, Mark Griffith. Right there. That's just one fruit of that move. Now listen, you may not be in a drastic situation where you've got to pick everything up and move all the way across the country for the sake of your kids, but you might be. Get involved. Get engaged in their lives. Know what's going on. You're their parents. That's wise biblical counsel. Mark Sr. told me this. He said that he believes that prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do and that we don't fully understand the power of prayer and what it can possess. That being involved in our kids' lives and setting strong boundaries for our children is an absolute must. And they are who they are around. And who they are around is extremely powerful. But we can pray for God to have godly influences in their lives. And he said that we need to know and understand how prayer works, that we need to study all there is to know about it in order for it to be effective. And I love how he emphasizes prayer on this because that's going to be my last point. And Kim, you can come forward real quick and play on the keys if you want. My last point is inspire them. Point number five, inspire them. Inspire them to pray and then inspire them to listen for his voice. Prayer is one of the most important lines of communication that we have with God. It's one of the most important lines of communication that we have with God is our prayer. But our prayer goes just beyond our asking. Asking for what we want. Asking for what we need. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. It goes beyond bringing our request to Him. He does tell us to bring our request to Him, doesn't He? But it goes beyond that. It's through prayer that we're able to talk to God. It's through prayer that we're able to communicate with God. And it's through prayer that He's able to speak back to us. Unfortunately, most of us spend all the time talking. We have a hard time listening because we don't know how to listen. We have to teach our children to pray to God. Absolutely. We have to teach our children to pray to God that prayer is the most important part of their life. To pray without ceasing, like it says in Thessalonians 5.16. But to also teach that it's equally important to listen and to make time to hear from God. 
to listen for his voice when he speaks to them, when he calls them, when he directs them, when he corrects them, when he gives them an answer, and when he just wants to love on them. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Will they know that it's his voice when he calls? Will they know that it's his voice? And will they listen? We know the familiar voices of the ones that we're close to, and so do our children. They know the voice of their parents. They know the voice of their grandparents. They know the voice of their best friend. They know because they have a close relationship with them. They recognize the voice of those that they're close to. And if we want our children to be able to hear from God and to know His voice, they're going to have to get close to Him. We get closer to God through prayer. some basic practices real quick as I'm closing. Number one is pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray with them. Pray over them daily. Let them see you pray. The second one I want to give you is pray. Start asking them and encouraging them to pray over meals at bedtimes for their prayer requests, for little things. Involve them in prayer. And the last thing is listen. Set aside some intentional time as a family after you've got done praying to just stop and listen for the voice of God. Lead them, teach it, live it, advise them, and inspire them. Just a few basic, easy principles that we can begin to apply now to help our children hear the voice of God. And the reason that He desires to speak to us as His children it's because of his unfailing sacrificial love for us. And the only way that any of this is even possible is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he wants to have a relationship with us. Because he wants to be involved in our lives. Because he wants to talk to us. And he wants to correct us. And he wants to help us out. And he wants to give us answers. And he wants to bless us. And it's all because of what Jesus did on the cross when he laid his life down for the sake of ours. And when he paid our debt and made us right with God. Listen, church, he desires to speak to us. Are we listening? Are we listening? John 3, 5 through 7. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So you shouldn't be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So maybe you're in here today and you've never been born again. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you're desiring for this God to speak to you. Maybe you've been, maybe you're in this room and you've been the one who was raised up in the way that they should go. And you're the one that turned from that way. And God's calling you back this morning. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up? Would you just lift your hand real quick? Put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass anybody today. I just want to get this opportunity. I don't ever want the opportunity not to be have, not to be able to be given. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand and put it right back down? That's good. That's good. If you listen to me, church, as parents, as leaders, as followers of this church, I want to commit. I want to commitment this morning. I want to challenge you this morning 
to make a commitment that we're going to do everything in our power to help our children learn how to hear the voice of God. And I'm asking you this morning, will you lead them to Jesus? Will you live out your faith in front of them? Will you teach them the importance of God's word in their life? Will you advise them and direct them with wise biblical counsel when they have to make choices? And will you inspire and pray over them? Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.